0: Welcome to Woody Online. I'm Martin, I'm one of the leaders at Woodville Baptist Church, and I'm continuing the proclamation series that we've been running for a while now, looking at the book of Luke. The question of why we need Jesus is a huge one that people have tried to answer for thousands of years, and I'm looking to to answer just a little bit more of it today after this. I've chosen the part of this chapter that looks at our relationship with Jesus from a a slightly different angle. Um, It also links nicely to chapter 19 that I'll be looking at next week. And in verses 18 to 30, there's a ruler who is, is we, we don't know, is a synagogue leader or one of the town rulers of the time. It's unclear, but he's a person of importance. And he asks Jesus a question. And that gives Jesus a chance to challenge him and teach those around who are listening. So it's Luke 18, verses 18 to 30. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honour your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard him, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then Come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked to him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left all we had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. So for a few years, at the beginning of this millennium, it's a crazy thing to say, but a few years I helped run a series of um, student alpha courses here in Woody. And each week we'd invite guests to come and, and hear our opinion of who Jesus is why we believe in him as a saviour and how amazing it feels to be in a close relationship with him. And the main part of this wasn't the, the teaching bit, the talky bit at the beginning, but it was the meal and the opportunity to chat over what had been said during that week and previous weeks. And there was always space to ask any questions. Nothing was off limit. And we as the the, the team running it answered the questions as best and as honestly as we could. We explained our experiences and shared how God had moved in our lives. And the people, the guests who came, they'd come from a variety of places and backgrounds. There were the broken people who had come and were looking to find comfort in God's love. And then you had the rebellious people who had recognised something in Jesus already and and they were looking for forgiveness and they were looking for a second chance at life for this renewal and then there were those people who were just unaware unaware they'd never known Jesus they'd never been introduced to him growing up and they were curious and through Alpha they were introduced to Jesus's way and then some of those people were reluctant to be there They'd been pretty much dragged along by someone connected to the group who had previously been through the alpha thing. And they wanted to share it with these reluctant people. They were the ones who immediately you could see they didn't feel they needed to be there. And honestly, I always found those people to be the most challenging when it came to discussion and questions because they came across as completely self-sufficient. Often they were financially comfortable, they were healthy, they were happy, and life was good. They exuded this this attitude of, why do I need Jesus? And in those times with those guests, we had to remind ourselves week after week that people rarely got argued into a relationship with Jesus. So we would talk and present our relationships And we would pray. And I remember often praying for God to maybe rock the boat with those people. To allow challenge, a little challenge to seep into their their satisfactory lives. And reading this passage from Luke, here I believe is one of these people meeting Jesus. And he's asking openly what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. And just like these reluctant alpha guys I was talking about, it seems he's got everything he ever needed. But his focus was off. He was looking to eternal life, beyond his earthly existence, looking into the far future, he hoped, and trying to secure that, that life there. You see, his focus was on himself and all that he had done And where it was going to get him. In response to this, Jesus told him to sell all that he had and follow him, Jesus. He told him to to live in the present, trusting completely in Jesus' way. He asked him to shift his focus to those around him and then to Jesus, to take his eyes of what was in front of him, everything that he had, and to widen his gaze to the community and the kingdom of God as Jesus knew it. To Jesus, the kingdom of God wasn't a place to go after life had ended, but it was in the present. It was around them every single day. There's a whole series of sermons, which you could probably find on the internet, about this, about the kingdom of God. But the point is that the ruler's focus needed to be realigned to what Jesus was talking about. And as with the the reluctant alpha guest, this inward selfish attitude was what Jesus was addressing, not his eternal salvation, at least not directly. So this ruler, it seemed he had everything he needed but his theology was off. He was proud that he had kept the law as he'd been taught to do. He was a good person. Therefore, obedience gave him satisfaction in his life. He was equating earthly obedience and goodness with eternal life. He had earned his eternal reward. And so Jesus shifted the focus from the law that he had grown up with to the actual people around him. Not theoretically or or realistically keeping the 613 ancient Jewish laws, but acting on them. Acting on those and interacting with the people he was with every day or not with every day. Jesus invited him to follow his way where actually it didn't matter how good you were because you could never be good enough. You see, it was only through a relationship with Jesus that he could be assured of that eternal life that he was hoping for and to see those treasures in heaven. His acts, the things he was doing, weren't going to earn him that salvation. And I know a few times those reluctant Alpha guests They argued they were good people and that they'd never hurt anyone. And that was difficult because we had to get across that Jesus teaches clearly a very different view. And then Paul reminds the Romans and and us through his book, writing to the Romans in chapter 3, verse 23. And this is the message version I'm going to read. For there is no difference between us and them in this. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us, God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. God is holy. His holiness is unattainable to us. No one has ever been good enough apart from Jesus. And nothing we could ever do will be good enough to attain good enough without Jesus, who, because he is God, is able to be our Redeemer. It's incredible. And at the end of the passage, Jesus uses this example To teach his disciples. Yes, he affirms their sacrifice. They've given up everything. They state that they've left everything to follow him. And Jesus says, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. But the ruler didn't see this. And at the end of this discussion, he walked sadly away. Now, as I recall, the team on the Alpha courses responded in very same way that Jesus did to these challenges of why do I need Jesus? Jesus was put as the focus. We we talked about Jesus. And the guests were challenged to their understanding of of what is good enough in this picture. And I know this challenge in my own life has been very, very applicable, as it might be to some of you watching. You see, when I'm healthy, when I'm happy, when I have all that I need, how do I respond to Jesus' challenge? How do I look to share what I've got to others who I see are in need. If Jesus requires a a sacrificial love, am I being obedient with my finances, my time, my attitude to the people around me? Jesus recognizes this struggle, but he doesn't pull his punches. He teaches that those who know they have been given what they need by God, should be generous. They should look after those who are in need, and they should keep going until they're not able to. And of course, there are so many ways to give and act out of love. We don't need to do a great Google search to find people who are in desperate need. It might just take opening the front door or asking a friend or a colleague how they're doing. It might be not ignoring that nudge that we get towards a charity or a group in need. And if you need to have one of those nudges, our church has links with many charities and organisations who you could be nudged towards. So if you feel that, get in touch with us. And of course, all of this will be different at different times. Sometimes it'll be easier and sometimes it'll be harder. We'll have more, we'll have less. My mum can easily testify this. She says that, you know, there were times in my childhood that I vaguely remember where we had nothing to eat apart from what was anonymously dropped on our doorstep by strangers, probably people from our church or or our close family. But she remained trusting to God through that, that he would provide. My mum's focus has been on God through some really, really very tough times. And then later, she's been able to care for people and give in people who have been in such worse conditions and situations than we were because she knows that God gives what she needs. She can be obedient and she can do what she can in his strength. So this week, and when I say this week, that's wherever, whenever you are watching this, Perhaps you can ask God to show you where you can shift your focus. Are there situations that require your money or your time or your presence? And then I advise you to spend some time listening to him. Listen to God. Remember, he will go before you into those situations preparing the way. And we we know that he stands beside us. He will stand beside you. In those times. And he's also the God who who walks behind us to pick up the pieces we drop, the mistakes we make. To dust us down and, and help us get on. And in all of it, we must act in the love and the strength that God gives us. And that's not because we are good enough. It's because he is. Jesus is clear with his message. He says to love God and to love those around you. I'm going to pray. I want to thank you, Lord God, for for all that we have. However small it is, however much it is, Lord God, you provide. You know what we need. You know what we need before we do. And you provide. Thank you that we can rely on you, that we can cry out to you and we can trust in you. Forgive our our selfish or ignorant or even unwilling attitudes when it comes to helping, when it comes to giving, when it comes to to looking out for others. Forgive our laziness and our expectation that other people will, will do it when we can. Please show us the The people show us the places and and the times that you want us to act in. That when we're not sure, guide us. Give us words by your Holy Spirit, words through the people around us, through your through your Bible, through the things we see. Open our eyes and give us a new focus that that that's through your eyes. Lord God, we praise you. We praise you and we thank you that we are not alone in this. That we are not alone and we are not relying on our own strength, but we move in your strength. We follow your direction. Thank you, Lord God. Heavenly Father and generous giver. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Wherever you are, whenever you are, it's quite exciting to know that this could be watched in the future on a beach somewhere wonderful. Wherever you are, I hope that this message that God has spoken to you through it, the, that something has been has been spoken to your heart from him. In a minute there's going to be all of the the ways you can get in contact with us if you'd like to know more, if you'd like to have a chat, if you'd like to leave comments, please do. Please get in touch with us. Please open a channel of of communication that we can we can get communicating with you about any of the things I've talked about. And then, of course, there's next week. I'm going to be expanding on this a little bit further in Luke 19. Um, I hope to see you back then. I'll be this side of the camera again, ready to explore that. So God bless you in your week and uh, look after yourselves.